Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Sinead, did you realise there's a 2009 American drama film called You? And I don't think I knew that. Get this, it's directed by and starring Melora Hardin, also known as Jan from The Office. Yeah. <laughs> How weird. What? How bizarre. I don't really understand it, but there you Is go. Is it the same concept? No, I don't think so. It's like some sort of drama, romantic yeah. drama thing. Hasn't got any reviews or anything, so. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we're doing you today, aren't we, Sine? Me? You. There's no show called Sine. Uh, <laughs> no, it is good, isn't it? It's a good joke. Hello there. This is I Only Like You, but not the TV show, although we do like that, don't we? And movies. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. My name is Lonnie. Her name is Sine. How are you doing today, Sine? Good stuff. I was better before that joke. What's wrong with that? I didn't even think of it. It just came to me. I'm just, wow. Mm -hmm. The things you do on this show. (laughs) We even watched season three of You. Now, we did a podcast for the first two seasons of You back in, like, last year before. Um, We don't mind it, do we, Sine? It's not our favourite show, but it's also a bit of a fun ride when you're on. It's quite fun. Listen, it's quite fun. When they play like Exile by Taylor Swift and Bonnevo over something, or last season was it I Need My Girl from The National? Yeah. I'm here for it. I'm here for the messy <laughs> bitch music choices. It's it's silly. It's a silly show. Listen, Joe wants to help her, but he just can't stop murdering. He just Basically. can't stop doing the murders. Mm-hmm. And who, ha- who amongst us hasn't been there? You know? Mm. You, you can't mm. stop your murdering. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, if you haven't seen the first two seasons, it might be a bit much to step into season three um, blind. It won't make any sense. It won't make sense at all. <laughs> um, so please do that. And so we're going to talk about spoilers for season three. It's been a bit of a bit of a time gap for us, Sine, so we were both a little bit confused about, not confused, just didn't remember exactly all the intricacies of his life and who he killed and who he was double-crossing and whatnot, but basically he's been trying to settle down, hasn't he? Yes. But the is best he trying that hard? Well, I think he's kind of like, what What now? Once I settle down, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Not much. Got to stop murdering. Can't stop murdering, can he? he just, just has he to. He just can't help it. <laughs> um, I have a question before we get into oh, yeah. it about something that's on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. It says that for the third season, the series was awarded $7.2 million in tax credits by the state of California. Jeez. What does that mean? I guess that's tax they didn't have to pay. Like untaxable budget. Potentially, yeah. Weird. Mm. That's all. Very weird. Um, it's been well received this season. It's 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, apparently. Nice. Um, but was it good? <laughs> it wasn't I mean, bad, but was it good? <laughs> no, it wasn't good. So the whole point of this series is... He's moved to the sub. Joe's moved to the suburbs with love. They've got a baby, a 
baby, if you will. And I hope people know that's a Shits Creek reference and that's not just how I say it. I think they'll know. Anyway, they move to the suburbs and then he gets a little twinkle in his eye about the neighbour. Mm. And the problem with that is that he's married someone who's more insane than he is. Yes. She's terrifying. <laughs> she is unhinged in a way that Joe isn't. And not that I'm advocating for serial killing, but mm. there's almost something a bit calmer in his method, which is very, like, plotted and organised and streamlined. She just has a fit of rage and just starts killing people. Yeah, like at first when you, when you realise they're both crazy, you're like, oh, maybe they'll be good together. But mm. uh, the different types of... Um, different types of... Psycho, psycho murder, yeah. aren't they? Um, I was just, I just reading here, picking through the Wikipedia. I forgot about this. When um, Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things tried to defend Joe on Twitter, remember that? Oh, God, yeah, yeah ages ago. <laughs> she was like, I just, he's just doing his best. He loves he loves the girl. He's, that's why he's doing it. Like, ew. No. It's a total misreading of the situation. Yeah. And I think that's the good thing about the show is that I don't think it's, well, maybe just trying to glamorise it a little bit, but for the most part it's showing you how awful they are and it's, it's a satire, I think, yeah. on on the serial killer trope in, in shows. But also this one in particular is a, is a great parody and satire of um, vapid Instafluor. Inst- <laughs> I said Instafluor, sorry. Instafluor. I mean, you're not wrong. Instagram influences. Um, and I think this show is best when it's being a comedy about those things. Yeah. It's almost like it's like, I love all those bits and then it has like, okay, here's our murder for the episode. We're obligated to do a couple each episode. And <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, sometimes it kind of feels like that's a bit rote or a bit shoehorned in. What do you think about that? I don't know. I mean, I think... I think the series shines when it makes those sort of cutting observations on society and on people and how they act and what they do. But I'm here for the murders too. I mean, yeah. for me, it's got just the right amount. I know this is a Netflix show, but it's got just the right amount of CW in it for me. Yeah, okay. I see where you're coming from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like I think... the little cliffhangers before the ad break, quote unquote, or the little like, yeah. oh, something's changed. There is but something it's... comforting about the structure, isn't there? Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't go full the circle, you know? Okay. Like it pulls back a bit. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it, you really can't get past the fact that it's so well made and well acted. And, yeah. Um, he's incredible. He Penn really is. is incredible. Even though yeah. he's got a fake name, that, oh, it's not his real name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is his name. Um, he's great in this. He really, really is. Victoria Pedretti, who plays Love, she's also wonderful. And Tati Gabriel, who plays Joe's new love interest, Marianne. Mm. They don't have any chemistry together, do they? They really don't. And that that it's probably the thing that's pulled me back from really enjoying this season. Yeah. It was like I was there hundred percent with him and Beck in the first season. Not there, like I'm not going for them to be the creep to have a girlfriend, but at least like I felt some sort of connection there. And he and Love have some weird sort of stuff going on. But I was like, he's going to risk it all for her? Like, I think the show was trying to make it like, oh, yeah, this is the the girl. Like, no, she's just a girl that he happens to come across. I don't think he's the one that he's really going to. I mean, he's in a pattern. I get he does this all the time. Yeah. Whenever he settles down. Yeah, exactly. But I just, it would have been nice if she was maybe a bit more charismatic and you could maybe see more of the attraction. 
But then he doesn't. He likes them when they're when they're suffering, doesn't he? He likes he them does. when they're. He wants to save them rather than be with them. Yeah. Yeah. There was an interesting bit in this series which they didn't really explore as much as I would have wanted them to, but there's a brief moment where Joe and Love are like a Bonnie and Clyde duo, like covering mm. up each other's tracks and and murdering people together. And I know this sounds really bad, but like I wanted more of that. I think that was really interesting how they work together in this sort mm -hmm. of like really close-knit partnership. Um and I think they could have kept that going for a little bit more. You I'm know? with you. I think the show kind of lost a little bit when they pitted them against each other almost from the get-go. Yeah, they kept telling us that Joe didn't love her, didn't love love anymore. Mm. Um, but why? They were perfect together. They looked perfect together. They had great chemistry together. I, I didn't feel that. I was just told that he didn't love her anymore, you know? Yeah, I'm with you there. I think they could have yeah, really strung that a bit further. Um, it kind of seemed like they were set on the ending maybe and worked their way back yeah. from that. Is that what you got yeah. the impression? Yeah, I okay. think so. Yeah. I, but then also there are, I think it's a quote here of Wikipedia talking about the show really does shine when they turn the tables on him and then when mm. she gets on over him. And like, yeah, that's very true. It didn't quite happen enough. It's almost a bit too in control all the time. It was, it was so much better. When things got out of hand. And yeah. She, yeah, I agree. Or when he was trying to drug the the news reporter guy, and it turns mm. out he couldn't do it. Like, that's good because normally he sort of gets away with it. Yeah. It was good to see him have to try and work around that. That was really great. Um, I think the show, one thing I was not expecting was that by the end of the series, I'd be feeling sorry for the Conrads because when they came in, I hated them so much. I know. <laughs> wasn't that a great double bluff, though? Yeah. That the people who seemingly on the surface had this, like, completely fake relationship mm -hmm. actually were the closest couple. Yeah. And got through it together, you know? That, that really, it's, it's kind of, I wonder what the impression there is that maybe you can be surface deep as well as actually deep in a relationship. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, and... What do you think of all this, the swinging stuff as well? Like that kind oh, of... That was a lot to deal with. <laughs> apparently there's been a bit of backlash. And I don't know if you've come across this, but the idea was that they were saying they were polyamorous, but in reality yes. they were swinging. I thought about this too. Polyamory <laughs> means you are with and love more than one person. You mm -hmm. have like an open marriage in the fact that you're with multiple partners. Yeah. These guys were just swinging. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, you do you. But just don't but call it that. Yeah. That's not what it is. I 100% had that thought. There you go. Good. Um, one thing, I think I mentioned this, we watched this together today, in our watch parties, but the the tech billionaire guy in The Neighbour in season three mm -hmm. is played by Scott Speedman. And it's really fun, funny for me in some ways because he was on a show called Felicity back in the day. Did you ever oh, did watch yeah. that? It's one of my mum's favourite shows. And I've watched a bit of it just in, you know, osmosis more than anything else. Not, I'd never sit down and watch it myself, but, you know, it's on in the one TV you have when you're a kid. Mm. Um, anyway, he's like the sweetest guy in that. And it was just strange to see him, A, be old, like, but like, of course he should be because it's been 20 years since that show was on. Mm -hmm. But also, yeah, he's this kind of, and as it turns out, he's not a, the worst dude in the world, but yeah, very different to the sweet dumb boy from Felicity back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of him, his stepson, Theo. 
again, creepiest guy in the world at first. Creepiest guy in the world. But his chemistry with love was really good. I actually bought it. Yeah. I bought this, like, weird cougar dynamic, you know. Yeah, it was funny. All the things they had about each other, they were doing to each other, weren't they? I know, yeah. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so I could buy them, but I just never bought never bought Joe and Marianne, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's a... They were trying so hard and, yeah. like, she's quite pretty. He's obviously very attractive. It should work, like, on yeah, paper. there's nothing – they were both great actors. Like, there's nothing yeah. that was wrong necessarily. They just didn't vibe and this is why you do screen tests. Yeah. You know <laughs> if they mean. don't vibe, then what's the point? Um, we haven't mentioned one character yet, Sunay. Who, who, who? Um, a little guy I like to call Dante. Dante, who is single-handedly keeping my entire library afloat, whom I love so much. And didn't I pick the end? So obviously going to have huge spoilers for the end episode, which has a lot of twists. Mm-hmm. So this is your chance. Yep. Turn off. I knew he was going to give the baby to Dante. I was like, <laughs> he's going to, and you were like, really? And I was like, just you wait, just yeah. you wait. And whose little doorstep did he put Henry's on with mm. a little letter, like a little Harry Potter baby. <laughs> Just leave him with Dante and Dante's husband. Like, yes, I'm here for that. I, I, I'm here for the spin-off that we all were trying to <laughs> talk about ourselves. Um, I've written down some quotes here because you made me. Please. But Dante says, I stand before you with an Ivy League education and two successful stepsons. It's perfect. Just an absolutely great line. And there's, there's a lot of that in this show, isn't there? Yeah. Like some funny some knowing sort of nods there. Like you can kind of feel the intelligence of the writers. Yeah. And like, and it's great that they're doing that in a stocky sort of serial killer show in some ways, but also every now and then they pull out that sort of stuff. It's like, they know what they're doing here. They do. Yeah. I I have to talk about that final episode because there were so many twists and turns. I mean, the bluff that it was, it wasn't the poisoned food. It was on, on the knife, the carving knife. Good stuff. Good stuff. Great. Um, the, oh, I took the adrenaline tablets because I thought you might poison me. Mm-hmm. Also great. Neighbor comes in thinking he's going to save him. Doesn't. Yeah. Um, the fork behind the back when Marianne comes in. And then the big thing where he fakes his death. And I said, is this a Mrs. Lovett situation? <laughs> and I wasn't that far off. He cuts mm. off his toes. Did you watch that today or was that, did you just hear my reactions to it? I saw him getting everything set up and, yeah, I don't think I watched the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. They, they really know how to do it, don't they? They really know how to do, like, visceral, like, I guess we're cutting off our toes now. Yeah. Situations. <laughs> clever, though. It was clever. He, I think that's the, that's the reason he does it. He's got the intelligence but also the will yes. to be a serial killer. <laughs> I couldn't cut off my toe. I don't think I could. I know everyone's like, oh, but what if mm. you're like trapped and like it's 127 hours or whatever it is mm. and you have to ch- cut off your arm to survive. I'm fine just dying there. That's fine. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. I'm, I'm not, no, I'm not going through the trauma of cutting off a limb and the pain that I'll never like get over. Just leave me, honestly. And then you need all your toes. Like it's, it's just like just a toe, but don't they help you balance and walk properly? I'm worried about that too. Yeah. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Anyway. Well, the other thing that we've got to mention um, in terms of the parody and satirical jibes the show gets in, but the whole anti-vaxxer subplot. Yes. That was quite, quite um, <laughs> pertinent, wasn't it, at this point in History. It was. It was very interesting. And I think I'm not advocating for violence, but I'm just saying that Love Quinn did what we all have maybe thought of doing. Yeah. When people are just spitting out lies to your face and you just wish you could just. I don't want to kill them. No, I just no, like no. want to punch them in the face sometimes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. Just saying. They're annoying. <laughs> it's funny. I'm reading here that he was um, the man who played the anti-vaxxer Gill was Mackenzie Aston. I'm like, Aston, that's a kind of familiar name. And he's the brother of Sean Aston from Lord of the Rings. Who? Samwise. MG. Oh. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Good. Love it. No, just, just fun stuff. Yeah. Um, Overall, I think the show was, was um it was a good fun season we watched together. Yeah. Um, it was enjoyable. I think like, it's what, silly at some points, but at least it's fun. I think the way we watched it was probably the best way to watch it. Where you're watching it with someone fun, you can make fun of it as it goes along, and yeah. But also, you're there for the twists and turns, and you kind of along for the ride. But yeah, I think it, it's all those things. But then it's still, it, it is not, not straying away from the psychological elements. So they do go into the detail and, and he kind of has some revelations about himself, the character, Joe, that is about why is, he, why is he doing this? He's like, oh, my God, I just go for people who need helping. Yeah. That's my, that's his biggest turn on, a, a bigger turn on as anything else for him, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he does have a significant amount of flashbacks this season, which oh, yeah, slow true. the narrative so much. And Every time they come on, you're like, oh, my God, get back to the real they don't really help, though. Like, the whole point is so that he had this school nurse that he was friends with and she got killed through domestic violence, right? But that's the exact same thing that, like, happened to his mother, right, where he stopped her getting beaten up. I know she didn't die. But he stopped her getting beaten up and killed the dad. What does this new dynamic give us other than the exact same thing again? It's the same storyline again. And I think we mentioned at one point it was, like, maybe the the nurse was going to... Um, like abuse him or something like. I thought that's where we were heading. Maybe yeah. that was going to be some of his psychological uh-huh. traumas from that. Mm. But no, you're right. It's totally just the same storyline again. And I guess there's the in this one he didn't kill the guy when he had the chance. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I yeah, guess so. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. 
It was fun to see Marsha Cross again too, wasn't it? Don't see her very often anymore. She was so underutilized in yeah. this. When she first came on, I was like, Marsha! And then that's <laughs> it. She was in like that one episode and maybe a tiny bit of another. Another one, yeah. Yeah. No, good stuff. I think in a lot of ways, this is like the best show. Because just listen. Wait, I can hear the you. The best show ever? Just listen to me. So it's engaging. Uh-huh. It's funny, mm-hmm. sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. <laughs> yeah. It's got that psychological, like, intrigue to it. Mm-hmm. It's got some gore. Yeah. It's got some action sequences and the fight sort of stuff, lots of suspense. And it's an enjoyable watch. Isn't that what we want? We yeah. want entertainment. And this gives everything there's not much more you can ask for in a show. No. And I think as, as opposed to some things we watched recently and have potted about, it isn't particularly, like it isn't very self-serious. It, it's, it knows what it's doing. Like it, as I think I said, yeah. it, um, it's got its tongue in cheek at times, which is fun and light yeah. and does bring that light touch to what can be you know, really serious things. So, yeah, is you the best show ever made? You might be right today. Like, it's not, obviously, but, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean, though? Like, it gives you all the elements that you could ever want yeah. from a show. You can, yeah, on like, on the surface, you think about it, it's like, it's about a stalker slash serial killer. Like, what the hell? I'm not going to watch that. But then, yeah. I think that was us for a while. But then when you start to watching it, you're like, oh, okay, they are having a good time with it. Yeah. Now, we have to talk about this ending because we were shocked, were we not? We were definitely shocked about the crossover like, potential. Why are they saying Nick? That's odd. Yeah, so weird. And then I was like, is that French music? He's in Paris at the end of season three. What else mm-hmm. takes place in Paris, Lonnie? A little show I like to call Emily in Paris. So can we get a crossover happening? We have to. Definitely I mean, I, have to. I, I really dislike Emily in Paris, as you guys know. Mm. But if Joe's there and we're having a bit of fun and Emily gets serial killed by Joe. Okay, okay let's back up a second there. <laughs> Maybe we could not do that part of it, but we could have a crossover between the two best shows ever made if you want to go down that path, potentially. I mean, is it though? <laughs> no, it would be fun though, wouldn't it? That was a good joke we made when it came out but yeah, yeah a, a european adventure yeah which is interesting because i think a lot of our complaints about season two of the show was that it was essentially season one again right they didn't do much different it was a new girl and it went sort of play by play yeah, and that's why season three was good because that they really different broke dynamic. away yeah mm. from that and had it and now to see that they're continuing down that path and having season four take place in europe I just think that's such a great choice to yeah. keep it fresh and alive. I don't reckon it can have more than maybe another season or two. I think yeah, it might get a bit it's... much if we carry on for 10 seasons, but I'm, I'm here for another season at least, another especially in different, least, different locale. Maybe two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So he travelled to Paris because Marianne mentioned once in a conversation that she liked Paris. Is that the vibe? I suppose so, really. Because there's no way she's in Paris, right? Like, the whole point is, like, no, he's going to find her. I hope not. Or whatever. No, do something different, I reckon. Yeah, I agree. It'd be great if he was on the run from, like, if he was the one being hunted, for example. That could be fun. Mm, interesting. Uh, one thing I just remembered as well, quite interesting in this show, is that, I don't know, 
people have iconography and people have like iconography that helps and you're like oh my god there's cap shield or that's thor's hammer and stuff mm-hmm. and the audience flips out when they see it right for this show it's like when we see they have a, a dungeon and they have a box mm-hmm. that people people in yeah that's so his trademark built their little box good did their little hidden key <laughs> Yeah, that was just funny to me. Yeah. I, I, remember, I very remember very clearly, uh, I think it was Emily Vanderwerf on Twitter. She's, she likes the show. And she said that um, for season two, how he just happens to have a new box in his new apartment or whatever. Yeah. It's like on Breaking Bad, that would have been a whole season about finding all the materials and getting the box together and trying to build it without being mm-hmm. suspicious. But on you, it's just there. <laughs> He just built the box. Okay? No he didn't object. ask any questions. Yeah, that's good stuff. No, I think talking about, I think I had a more fun with it than I maybe first appreciated today. It was yeah, a good, me it was too. good time, wasn't it? And then I was thinking about it and I was like, it was really enjoyable. Yeah. Like we ro- rode the highs and lows on the corny bits. We were like, oh, this is stupid. And then, yeah. you know, on those really suspenseful bits, we were like, ah, what's happening? And then yeah. it was just really engaging as a show i think you're totally right about the cw influence and that comes large part from greg Belanti, who is one of the showrunners and he's from riverdale and always at dawson's creek back in the day and sabrina and lots of the arrowverse shows like Mm -hmm. the dc ones of recent years new or old sabrina the new one Mm yeah um so you can definitely see that but you're right there's something so satisfying about that. I remember when we used to watch Vampire Diaries, like there are some shows where you, what'd you say? I remember it well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I thought you said RIP, which is also Oh, also accurate. RIP, yeah. Um, but yeah, like some shows you watch, you're like, oh my God, it's taken forever. Thinking back to some of those Netflix Marvel shows, it was like 13 episodes. Oh God. Such a slog. What a slog. But then because of the structure of Vampire Diaries and CW in general, we watched like a whole season in a week of that, of oh, 24 yeah. episodes or 45 minutes each. But because they have that that natural rhythm, they they have highs and lows and they peaks and troughs within each episode. Mm-hmm. You watch one, you're like, oh, my God, I want to watch another one. It's like, yeah, because that's been, it's been designed for your brain like that. Yeah, this is the whole like binging slash waiting argument, right? Mm. And people always make fun on Twitter. They're like, oh, you guys will watch a whole season of a TV show, but you won't sit through a three-hour film. It's because of the the catharsis. Like mm-hmm. you can have that experience of that emotional resolution over and over and over again, which feels good to us as viewers, or you can sit through a really elongated one that isn't that satisfying in the end because they've clouded it with other things because they're making a three-hour film, you know? Exactly. Like I think it's just a, just an excuse to shit on TV, to be honest, and, yeah, and the structure well, of that. Totally. And like in you – we get 45 minutes to an hour. We present a problem. He has a few yeah. different ways to fix it. And then he, he fixes it in the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, but there's something else. Like, that's how it is. That's how. That's why we keep coming back to it. You're right. The three-hour film like The Irishman, I, I was totally lost in that <laughs> last year. What happened? I didn't see it. You're supposed Did to be it? young. Did I, I watch know. it? I think I probably shielded you from it. Did we watch it together? No, I watched it myself. Okay, I'm not sure then. Also, like, June of, of recent months. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Maybe we're just not smart anymore. Maybe that's it. But we are smarter than some of the characters in this show. That's true. 
Although they surprised us, didn't they? They did. All right, what are you going to rate this out of Bloody five? Bloody hell, Senna. Before going and starting this podcast today, it might have been like a three, but I think actually I'm going to go four stars. I think I'm going to go four too. It yeah. was really fun. <laughs> really, really fun. I think the things are like the small quibbles are probably yeah, the main relationship with him and Marianne and that kind of – if that had been working on all cylinders, you'd be like, oh, my God, definitely leave love, but no, it wasn't yeah. enough for me. And the flashbacks, you're right, they – just sort of just a bit of a dead weight each episode of like, oh, here's a flashback sequence yeah. that went nowhere. But that day they're pretty, but Dante makes up for it. So, you know. Dante's the best. Okay, well, I'm keen for the more of you, the listener, no. <laughs> <laughs> more of you, the show. Um, should be coming out pretty soon, I would have thought. They, they're, on, they're on the good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, who would have thought Pam Badgerly all those years as little um dan humphrey hey and now he's he's this he's a smoldering guy isn't he try to block that show out of my memory because that resolution was just i know so disappointing Although i'm told the new one isn't too bad the new um gossip I can't girl do it again guys no i, I don't have it in there. me <laughs> i did remember i think i might have sent you this tweet a few weeks ago it was like all these young gen zeds or whatever they're called now are into Pam Badgley because of you. It's like, no, you went there in Gossip Girl and Easy A days. You didn't ride with... the highs and lows. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's 35. Wow. Shit. We're all getting old. But he's smoldering, isn't he, still? Anyway. He's a, a smoldering. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Maybe I'll say it again. Oh, that's right. He's part of that family. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Hello? What? We're yep. recording a podcast. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> This isn't private Lonnie research time. All right. Well, let's wrap up then, eh? Um, thanks for listening. We're on the socials. Get amongst us on Twitter. This is a new year, Sine. It's going to be the best year ever, isn't it? <sighs> no, is that, is that putting too much pressure on them? <laughs> I think Listen, it might be. Yeah. We've gotten through two years that have been a time, so maybe we just <laughs> go easy on 2022. Yeah. Just don't be worse. Maybe that's what we should. Yeah. Loba. <laughs> All right, then. Thanks for listening. Check out you. We'll be back soon with some more podcasts on I Only Like You and Movies. Goodbye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.